0: Good morning. I'm Noble Dear, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Nacogdoches, Texas. Welcome to this morning's daily devotion. I hope these next 10 minutes will encourage you as you seek to learn God's Word and abide with Christ. Our focus today is Hebrews 2, verses 1 through 4. Now, the context of the passage we'll focus on is important. In Hebrews chapter 1, the writer has emphasized that Jesus is greater. Specifically, Jesus is greater than the angels, but he's focused on the excellency and the majesty of Christ. Now, with that in mind, let's look at verse one. He's going to continue the argument, but he's going to give us a warning in light of the argument in verses one through four. Verse one says, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. He says, for this reason, we must pay attention. What's the reason? Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the angels. Since Jesus is greater, we must pay attention to what he has said, what Christ has said and what he has said through his apostles. Now, why don't we pay such great attention simply because Christ has said it? Well, it's because the value, the seriousness of a statement is determined by who has voiced the statement. I'll give you an example. If you were to come to work tomorrow 10 minutes late and somebody were to say, I think if you show up to work 10 minutes late, you should be fired. Now, how are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? Well, it depends upon who said it. If it's just the crusty old griper and complainer in the office down the hallway, you don't care and you're going to shrug it off. But if that same statement, if that statement was made by your boss who has the, Uh, The authority to terminate you uh, at at a moment's notice, well, then you're going to take it very, very seriously. So he says here, we should take this warning seriously because it comes from Christ. Now, what's the warning? Well, the warning is do not drift away. Do not drift away. Uh, Drifting here referred specifically um, uh, as an analogy to a ship that would drift past the opening of a harbor. And in those days, if a ship drifted past the opening of a harbor, it was a very serious thing for that for that ship to ever circle back around and get into the harbor. And so he warns us, the words of Christ, don't drift away. Now, there are three things you should know about drifting uh, that are important. Number one, drifting is very subtle. It's, it's a very gradual thing. And, and oftentimes, we don't even realize it's happening until it's too late. The second thing we should know about drifting is that it always takes us to a bad place. We don't ever drift to a good place. We only drift to a bad place. And the third thing about drifting is that it can be very hard to ever recover. Once the ship is wrecked, it's hard for it to ever uh, be restored. And so he warns us here, be careful. As a Christian, With the tendency, and we all have this tendency, to drift away from faithful living, from God-honoring living, be careful that you do not drift away. Now, what's so valuable about this is that he doesn't just warn us against drifting. He tells us how to prevent drifting. He says, and if I go back to the verse, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift. What's the key uh, to ensuring that we don't drift? Well, he says here, it is to pay attention to what we've heard. What we've heard from Christ and from the apostles of Christ, he's talking about the Bible. He's talking specifically of the New Testament. What he says here is that we must keep the Bible front and center in our lives. We must study it. We must read it. We must memorize it, meditate on it. We must obey it. And the key to Preventing drift in our lives is a constant, consistent focus on God's word. That's why these daily devotions or or something like this, why this is so important to keep us from, from drifting. And so this is important for every Christian because all of us have this tendency to drift. But you know, it's not just important for Christians, it's important for churches Uh, I've been so concerned uh, for years, but especially in recent months, about how many formerly faithful churches have drifted away, formerly good churches, God-honoring churches that have drifted away. Now, how did those churches drift? Is it because they're filled with a bunch of bad people? No, not at all. They drifted away because they put something front and center other than the teaching of God's word. They made the teaching of God's word, the proclamation of God's word, the study of God's word. They made that secondary. They put something else in its place. And maybe the something else seemed like a really good idea at the time, but they let God's word be in some position other than front and center. And so they drifted a little bit at a time. They didn't recognize it. It'll be hard for them now to ever return to a place of faithfulness. They drifted. We must be careful not to drift. And we do that by keeping God's word front and center in our lives. Let's look at verse two. He says, for if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment. This is just the first half of a sentence, but he's talking about a message from an angel. If we would take a message from an angel seriously, how much more seriously should we take a message uh, from the Lord, from Christ? If an angel were to appear to you in your bedroom tomorrow, and you were convinced this was an angel from God, and that angel brought a warning, you would heed that warning, right? Well, how much more then should we heed uh, the words the words of Christ? He uses two words here for sin. It's interesting. He... Uh, he, he, re, he uses the word transgression and the word disobedience. At least that's how they're translated in my Bible. Uh, the first one, transgression, that refers to choosing to cross a line. I made a choice to sin. Disobedience here refers to crossing the line out of neglect. I didn't pay close attention and I crossed the line. Now, which is worse? Well, at least in this verse, there's no difference. He says every transgression and every act of disobedience uh, will receive just punishment. Every one of those, Uh, both sins, both sins are the same in the eyes of God. Now, notice one more time the emphasis here on engaging regularly with God's word. Uh, We saw it in verse one. We have to keep God's word front and center. But now here in verse two, he's talking about transgressions and disobedience, and he says these have come about. Why? Because we've refused to focus on the message that was spoken to us. God's word is key to all of this. Look at verse three now. How will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This this salvation had its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. He says here, be careful that we don't neglect the salvation that is offered. It's interesting there are two ways to neglect. We can pay no attention to something. And with respect to salvation, we can decide, I'm just not gonna give attention to the offer of salvation that has uh has come for the Lord. Another way we can neglect is we can plan to pay attention to it later. I'm not going to pay attention to it now. I'm going to wait and I'll pay attention to the offer of salvation later. In effect, those are the same. We have neglected either way. So he asks a rhetorical question here. How will we escape if we neglect this great salvation? And it's a rhetorical question. We will not escape. And so there's a challenge here. If you've not surrendered to Christ, if you've not trusted Christ and made him your Lord, then you should do that right now. You should find somebody who can help you right now, put your faith and trust in Christ. We must not neglect and we must not plan to pay attention later to the important matter of salvation. Look at verse 4. At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his will. So many people misunderstand the purpose of miracles in the Bible. When you see a miracle, a New Testament miracle, but it would also be true in the Old Testament, but when you see a New Testament miracle, that miracle was never for the personal benefit and enjoyment of the person who received it. It was every time... For the confirmation of the message, the truth, someone would speak a truth, someone would stand for the truth, and God would uh, cause a miracle to take place to confirm that it was for the confirmation of the truth and for the glory of God in every, in every instant. And so we see that here in verse four, at the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders and various miracles. This is how God testified. This is how God confirmed the truth. Listen, friends, thanks for watching or listening today. If you're on YouTube, please hit subscribe to make sure you never miss one of these devotions. On your favorite podcast app, search for Pastor Noel's Daily Devotions. Further info at noeldeer.com. I hope you have a great day as you seek to endeavor to abide in Christ.